0: Hey everybody, this is Joe Dolero and welcome to another episode of the Cash That Podcast. Producer Corey is in studio today, but once again, this podcast is brought to you by our good friends, props.cash. They are the best in the business. You can check out some of their new tools as well, but it's 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 absolutely instrumental for betting on player props. You need to get this prop, uh, you need to get this tool that kind of helps you determine whether or not a play is going to be Uh, One that you want to dive into, maybe it's one that you want to avoid, maybe it's one that you actually want to play it under on. And I know that that always is a little bit scary for some people, but when you have the right tools and you have the right analysis and you have the right process, that's something that you can get from props.cash to kind of help you along with this. One of their newest tools is one that I really, really am obsessed with is they have this new tool called Actual Line. And you can see where the player's prop line has progressed over the course of the season over the past couple of games. And then that can kind of help you determine, it's like, oh, like, is this line a little low? Like, I wonder why, like, is this line a little high? Like, how is this line moved? Am I still getting the right value here? Those are all things that you want to kind of take a look at and it's super important when you're betting on player props and props.cash is the best in the business. They are the industry standard. You can get your first month off with 25% off with code delera 25 So that's for props.cash and it is absolutely a tool that you need to have in your portfolio. All right. So producer Corey, how are we feeling? Uh, We got Tommy Tommy Cutlets over there. He got us a win. How do you feel? I feel like we forgot what we were supposed to be doing. <laughs> Tanky.
1: Yeah, I thought everybody was talking about draft picks three weeks ago, and now, um, well, that's out the window, and people are doing weird, fun math to try to keep us like relevant. And that's no, stupid. I know
0: it, it's definitely funny. I mean, like I know we always start and we talk about. A little bit of the Giants, so this is—it's definitely an interesting situation. Um, I wonder if he's going to, like how how much sauce he's going to make this weekend when he's at home, because uh, the Giants are the Giants are off this week. He's not making shit, dude. It's well, his mother. You, he's gonna taste it. You know, is there you anything better than like I think you always need to buy like this? I guess this is a preemptive pods and wrecks, but like you got to buy the second loaf of bread because you know that one of them is always going to be eaten. Throughout the process of like tasting the sauce to make sure that it's cooked right over the course, That's of how day. you sample yeah. all day. You get a little meatball in there, like
1: right off the yeah. spoon. Right off the spoon doesn't give you everything. You need to no, it's bread. absolutely
0: peak. So those are <laughs> those are definitely some kind of balance issue. It, I don't know. It doesn't. It's it's like it's uh it's too in a vacuum when it's on the spoon. Like I need to taste it on something. So right. I'm like I'm not gonna just eat plain sauce. Like I gotta have it with something. Exactly. So I think it makes.
1: Although I will resort to that towards the end oh, of sometimes, the Oh, yes. Play. Oh, yeah.
0: like I'm, I'm not going to discriminate. I'm not going to leave any fallen soldiers. Had there
1: been a spoon next
0: <laughs> to me, I would have finished it. Exactly. Um, so we're going to dive into this NBA slate, uh, and I'll give you my best bets, obviously. But I wanted to touch on the fact that the in-season tournament we're recording right now, the Knicks and the Bucks just advanced, uh, and we we kind of have a picture of what are some of these matchups going to be. So the East quarterfinals uh, are going to be the Knicks at the Bucks and the Celtics at the Pacers. And then one West quarterfinal is set right now at the time of this recording, and that's Suns at Lakers. Some of these other games are still going to be in flux, and that's going to keep us there. And we're going to have to try to figure out exactly who is playing who uh, in the West for that last Quarterfinal spot. Um, but we'll kind of get into that. I'll be sending out some tweets. I'll be talking about some of the plays that I think are important. Um, obviously, those games are going to matter. You've heard at this point, too, I think that these teams will start treating those games a little bit more uh, competitively, or so to speak, and... Um, I'm definitely going to be talking about the Monday games on the Monday episode of Buckets. So you guys are going to want to tune in there. Uh, We record that on Sunday nights going into Monday. We'll definitely have some lines out early, too, because there's no Sunday games this week in the NBA. Um, That's because they didn't know what the schedule was going to be like. They didn't know where these teams were going to be playing, where these teams were going to be going. Um, so it's definitely something to keep in mind and we should probably be getting lines early. I'm hoping we're going to get lines maybe Saturday night, maybe Sunday, um, but we'll try to figure it out and we'll try to get you the best content as soon as possible to kind of get you in like get ready for those games and understand what the concept is, understand what the format is, um, but definitely very exciting. I like the in-season tournament. I think it was a, I think it was relatively like a success uh, so far anyway. And we'll just, you know, we'll just kind of have to see how it goes moving forward. But when we're talking about this Wednesday NBA slate, we have some really cool games actually coming up. And uh, a couple of those spots are ones that I wanted to talk about. Uh, The first of which is the Phoenix Suns versus the Toronto Raptors. Um, The Suns are one point road favorites. But the thing that's or road, yeah, road favorites, actually, Um, the Raptors are on the back end of a back to back. Uh and the Suns don't this is not a back to back game for them. Uh this is the first game that they're gonna have played uh in a couple days. And I like this spot for the Suns. At minus one, I know that Kevin Durant may or may not play, but either way, I think that Devin Booker should have an enough firepower to kind of take care of this Toronto Raptors team. Uh when we're looking at these teams over the course of the entire season, Phoenix has been um Phoenix has just been flat out better. Phoenix is ninth in adjusted net rating at plus 2.3, whereas Toronto is 21st at minus 0.5. So I think that this line is going to wind up being on the move. Um, It could only go towards Phoenix if you know if they do wind up uh, getting Kevin Durant and he's able to play additionally given the fact that it's a back to back maybe we missed a couple guys for the Raptors uh, after they kind of played a tough game against the Brooklyn Nets and fell uh, and they were you know they were kind of they were unable to keep that their success any type of success in the in-season tournament I'll definitely be looking at some props there. Additionally, if Kevin Durant is able to play, Uh, I'm going to continue looking at Devin Booker assists. I think that's still like a great line. I think it's under, it's a little bit undervalued. We don't have a spot for it just yet, uh, but it's definitely something that I'll be kind of keeping an eye on for. Um, Another game that's definitely interesting, and I think this is really the. There are two. There are actually like three, like marquee games, I would say, on the Wednesday slate. One of which is the Philadelphia 76ers on the road as one point favorites, again, uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans. I think the Philadelphia 76ers are really fucking good. I think they're a damn good team this year. And. I'm probably going to be backing them in this spot on the road as a road favorite. Um, and in large part, it's due to the fact that I think that Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, that combination of players has been exceptional. Um, additionally, like they just dismantled the Lakers the other day and the Lakers are low key, like kind of fraudulent. They're 10 and eight. Um, they're four and zero in the in-season tournament, but I don't, Love like what I'm seeing from them so far this season. Philadelphia's second in adjusted net rating number one adjusted offensive rating as of the time of this recording so that's tremendously impressive and they're sixth in defense. I know that CJ McCollum might play in the spot for the Pelicans. We'll see. Uh, he said that he he said that he was going to play. We'll see what if the, what type of minutes limit there may or may not be. Um, that's going to obviously impact the usage of guys like Brandon Ingram, Jose Alvarado, maybe a little bit of the facilitating from Zion, and I think it's definitely going to cut into a lot of the playing time for rookie Jordan Hawkins. Um, McCollum obviously improves their depth. Um, I don't know to what extent at this stage in his career, like with what we're seeing with some of his defensive deficiencies, or so to speak. I don't know if that how much that's really helping them in this spot. Uh, I think McCollum's obviously a great player, but I still think that Philadelphia has an edge here, especially from what we've been able to see from guys like the Anthony Melton and Tyrese Maxey. Uh, so I I really like Philadelphia on the road here and neither team is on a has played on Tuesday so they should have relatively fresh legs but one of the things that Philadelphia is able to do is obviously they have the size with Joel Embiid to kind of bang on the interior and when we look at Embiid's history versus Valanciunas he's had some interesting games like he's had a couple like down games but like one of which he only played like 16 minutes another game he only played 26 Um, and I think a lot of it is comes down to the fact that like Valanciunas does like a decent job of getting Embiid in foul trouble. But now that, you know, Embiid MVP, we know like kind of how the whistle kind of has gone for him. I think this is going to be a much better matchup for him over his last in his last two games against Valanciunas. He scored 42 and 37 points in those matchups. So I think that this is definitely a spot where, you know, we might want to look at Joel Embiid. His points line is at 32 and a half. Um, his assist line is at six and a half. And I think that when we look at just how good he's been against Valanciunas over the last couple games too, he's had numerous games at five assists. So I think that maybe you can water this down and maybe get like a 30.5 assist type of game. But to be honest with you, I think that I would be comfortable laying 31 and a half, 32 and a half points with Embiid in this particular matchup, uh, given the fact that I think he's gonna generate so much offense. Uh, he's had multiple games against Valanciunas in their head-to-head matchups where he's put up these monster scoring performances. And I know that the margins are obviously a little bit smaller, a little bit thinner, but it's definitely a spot where I think, you know, this could be this could be a good scoring opportunity for him. Additionally, it's a relative pace-up spot. Philadelphia plays at the 16th pace in the league, whereas New Orleans plays at the 10th. So we should see a lot of possessions here, and I I do like the matchup for Joel Embiid. Um, The next game that I'm particularly interested in on the Wednesday slate is the... Oh, and the line just popped. It is the Denver Nuggets against the Houston Rockets. And I'm going to be betting right now. I'm literally betting it as we're recording this. I'm betting the Denver Nuggets minus three and a half against the Houston Rockets. The Rockets are on a back end of a back to back. Um, They just what did they do here? Let me tell you. The Rockets are... um, This is interesting. This line popped. The Rockets are tied right now, 92-92 to against the Dallas Mavericks. If the Rockets win, they will actually oust the Pelicans from the in-season tournament, and they will take that spot. Regardless of the circumstance, this is an absolute letdown game for the Houston Rockets, and it's a spot where I think that Denver is really just going to take it to them. Um, Denver has... Uh, played them, the Rockets have played obviously pretty well against Denver. Um, One of the things that I noticed and I'm curious to see is, you know, like a couple days ago, the Rockets just absolutely took it to the, they took it to the Nuggets. And they've actually won two matchups against the Nuggets over the past, so far this season on 11-24 and on 11-12. This is kind of one of those spots where I think Denver given the schedule spot, given the fact that they've had those couple losses, really just comes out firing uh, and puts some work onto, onto the Houston Rockets. Um, additionally, over the course of the season, when we look at this, Denver, they're fourth in adjusted net rating, uh, plus 4.1. Houston's been good. Uh, they're 8-6 and six at the time of the recording, but they're minus 0.1. So I think it's a spot where It's a bad situational spot for the Rockets. But additionally, from a matchup perspective, Sangoon has had absolutely no success stopping Jokic. And in the two games this season, Jokic has 36 points, 21 rebounds, and 11 assists as a triple double. And then the other game, he had 38 points, 19 boards, and eight assists. So we're going to be betting some crazy Jokic numbers. Uh, We should probably get some good, we should probably get a good line here. Uh, I'll see if they have anything popped right now. Nothing yet. Uh, But I'm I'm very comfortable laying the four points in the spot with Denver at home, uh, whereas both of the last games were in Houston. So this is going to be a back to back for the this is a back to back for the Houston Rockets. They have to go to Denver, which is a very tough place to play. And I think that. Jokic is not going to let this happen. Jokic is not going to have the Denver Nuggets lose more than two games to the Houston Rockets over the course of the season. So I really, really like the Denver Nuggets at minus three and a half against the Houston Rockets. Uh, This is absolutely a must play for me. And uh, I'll definitely be looking at Jokic props, probably his PR and maybe a little bit of triple double. We will see kind of where those lines come out. But those are the two spots that I would lean for in this matchup. The final game that I think is particularly interesting is the Los Angeles Clippers against the uh, Sacramento Kings. And the Kings are going to be in a similar situation where they're going to have... It's like a little bit of a letdown game after playing the Golden State Warriors in a matchup to see who would advance into the next round of the in-season tournament. This is a tougher matchup for... The Kings, Um, the Rocket, or the Clippers now, you know, with James Harden, obviously leading leading them uh, at the point guard position instead of Russell Westbrook. The thing that this is kind of creating and what the Clippers can do is the Clippers are going to be able to switch on a lot of what they can do uh, and switch and attack some of the deficiencies in the Kings uh, defense. Right. So right now they're still missing Keegan Murray. We'll see if Keegan Murray plays uh, against the Clippers. I I doubt it, given the fact that he was doubtful against the Warriors as well. Um, what what that kind of does is it changes the size of the players that they have on the perimeter. So you're leaning a lot more on uh, Chris Duarte. You're leaning a lot more on um, Kevin Herter. Those guys not traditionally like defensive stalwarts, right? Um, those are some spots that are weak spots for the Kings. Um, and those are spots where the Clippers have a ton of strength between Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Norman Powell. Um, they're really able to attack you on the wing, attack you on the perimeter. And I think that the Sabonis Zubac matchup is actually a little bit more even than you would think um, just based on the size, you know, they both kind of play that like European style of basketball and, um, they're familiar with each other they're comfortable with each other and they they've like Sabonis has played well but he hasn't played to the level that you would kind of expect him to play against a guy like Zubac like you would think that he would have better performances um and while he can score uh he's really only he's only scored 20 points twice against Zubac in nine games against them. And, uh, the most recent game, he scored 24 back on December 3rd of 2022. So it, it has been a little bit of time since they played each other. Um, it's basically been a full year. Uh, and that's, that's, that's all we really have to work off of, uh, between these two guys playing head to head in the regular season. Anyway. Um, As a whole, though, I think that the Kings are a better team than the Clippers, but I'm a little hesitant to bet on it, just given the spot. Um, They're close in adjusted net rating. I think the Clippers have kind of started to figure things out a little bit, and it's definitely made them a little bit different to game plan for. So given the fact that it's a back-to-back for the Kings, uh, given the fact that it's an emotional kind of get down for the Kings and the Clippers have kind of started to figure it out. I'm uncomfortable laying points either way on this game. And it's probably a game that I might just watch as a fan and just try to enjoy it and see exactly where we can go from there. Uh, but if I did have to play a prop, I would probably look at something with the Aaron Fox. I think that it's a relatively good matchup for him with James Harden kind of on the perimeter. It's a guy that he should have a significant speed advantage against overall throughout the course of this game. So, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, uh, f- like on this podcast, is when we, it's a little bit of a pivot, right? So, a lot of times we talk about like trying to find value and, you know, whether or not like we want to give out edges or something like that. And I think that. When we like when I when I tell you guys like what my process is like when I try to talk about like what my plays are, I really try to give you exactly what I'm thinking about exactly like what I'm what my process is exactly how I'm coming to these solutions, how I'm coming to these types of scenarios or these types of bets. And I think that it's important to do that for a number of different reasons. Number one, sometimes like I do have to put out a play and I'm like, I don't have time to put this play out. Like I don't have time to write the analysis because I think this is going to move. Um. And I hope that, like, if you see it, you can trust the fact that because I've been so transparent, you can, you have something to go off of. You're like, oh, like, I know his process is good. Like, he wouldn't have put this play out had he not really felt that way or had he not done the research behind it or something like that. Right. So that's one thing. Second thing is I try to, explain the process to you as best as I can, because sometimes like there can obviously be flaws in my process. Uh, I could be looking at things like incorrectly. I could be having an issue with something. Right. And I think that if you guys know how I'm capping it or like how I'm looking at it, then that can kind of change the scenario too. Right. So like you can, if maybe you guys can reach out to me and say like, I think that this is going on or like this is wrong or this is right. And it kind of builds a little bit of a sense of community. Additionally, I hope that the way that I kind of process my props and the way that I'm looking at things and the way that I'm looking at spreads or looking at numbers, whatever. I, I, I think that it, it try, I try to make you guys better, betters. And by doing so, I think that it kind of help, helps create that type of community where, you know, like if you like something, then you reject to me and I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a good play or, you know, you know, we can bounce some ideas off each other. Like I don't, I don't think that I'm above that or anything like I I like talking about it. I like going into it. And I think that's one of the most important things here because I think that there are certain edges, right? Like if you have like proprietary information or like information that's not like publicly disclosed about like players or about coaching or about situations. Right. Then like, that's one thing. Like if you're saying like, I can't really put this out there. Um, I'm not like so worried That a book is going to say like, all right, like we're going to listen to like, we're going to go listen to the cash lab podcast. We're going to change the entire way that we book a game. Like it's like, okay, like these, these bookmakers are smart. Like they should know these things. Like, I don't think that we're coming up with edges that are like dramatically different than what's already available or like what's maybe already in the market. Um, I do think like with the in-season tournament, for example, there were some motivational things. There were some number of things that kind of gave us a little bit of an advantage or at least some spots that we were like, I think we want to look for this or like this is a spot that we want to look for. Um, I sometimes it's hard because I'm like, I don't know like if this number would have really been different or like if we just bet the number like that was already, you know, that already moved. So it's like we took Boston at like minus 25 and a half, right? So it's like if we did that, on any other night, does the is the number really any different? Uh, it, given the same spread, the same scenario, the same teams, like it, I don't know. Like we don't have that to really go off of, right? Um, but we did have the number that was available to us. We took it in and it hit. So those are a couple things like where I don't I'm not like worried about putting an edge out there. Like if I if I think that you know this is something that we can take advantage of, this is something that we can bet. Like I'm not so selfish with it that I'm going to keep it because I think that these lines are going to move anyway. Uh, Like I know early in the season, you know, we talked about Victor Wembenyama's turnovers regularly and they just kept moving it up and up and up and we hit it like numerous times and we just stopped. And I felt like the edge was gone there. Do I think that the line moved extra because we talked about it? No. So I think it's, I think it's like insane that some people think that and that they want to gatekeep so much of the information. Uh, I don't think that it's necessary. I don't think that um, lines don't move. Right. Like it's like, like Victor Victor was turning the ball over like six times a game. Like obviously they're going to move the line. So like, I don't care. Like if you guys all jump in with me at the same price on the, on the opening day was one and a half. Like, who cares? Like we all, we all made some money. We all cashed. Like it's fine. And that's why like I talk about it too. I don't think like when I think there's an edge and like when we bet on something, I want to hammer the edge immediately. Um, like I want to bet it hard. I want to bet it fast. Like on the first time that I think that there's like a really significant edge. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that I think these edges go away. Um, I think that they evaporate. I think that they get adjusted to. And the first time you bet something, like when we did the other night when again with the Phoenix Suns, um, like when you bet something like that, where it was like 31 to 1, right? Granted, it was a different spread than the c- circumstance with Boston uh, last night, right? Uh, those things go away to a degree because there's just the adjustment for it it's like oh shit like we made a mistake like we shouldn't have hung a line like that like whatever um, i don't think that i think that the like the algorithms the people that make the lines the bookmakers like they realize that they can make a mistake like that and it doesn't have to always be like oh we're going to get hit but for like millions of dollars it's like all of a sudden like you know the algorithms or like how they set the lines a lot of it's automated a lot of it's computer generated if they see a lot of action all at once on one line, they're gonna be like, oh shit, like we're moving this. Like it's just, it's automatic, it's about liability. It's not about being sharp. Um, and I think that that's something that's important, right? So like I know that some books might move things based on like where the action's coming from or like who it's coming from or the timing of it or, or things like that, right? But like when we've been on a prop, like if I give out a prop and uh like Rudy Gobert over 11 and a half rebounds if I give out that prop and thousands of people well, let's not I'm not gonna tap myself on the back that much hundreds of people maybe uh bet it like all at once then like and and I'm saying like bet this on this book this is the price I like it um those algorithms are gonna move that line it's just they don't want the liability. They're going to say like, well, we need to change this. Like there's a reason it's getting hit. And it's not, it's a lot of it's automated. It's not like you have somebody sitting behind the curtain, like the fucking wizard of Oz saying like, Oh no, like we got to move this right now. Like maybe at the beginning, maybe when they start setting certain lines for certain games or things like that, but not on like a random prop, like a rebounding prop at any given point in time or on any given night. So that's just some of the thought process that I have with Giving out lines, giving out plays. And it's not something that I think is that big of a deal. Um, like, I don't, and I don't care if somebody else is on the same play as me. I think it's stupid. Uh, like, honestly, when people complain about that, uh, you see it sometimes where people are like, oh, well, like so and so is on this first, or like Joe is on this first, or like whatever. And like, sure, like, it's better, I think, if people can be creative, like if somebody, just saw my card and they were like, well, I'm just going to bet all these things and say that they're mine. Um, like, I don't really care, but I think it's better to give out your own stuff because like, I think it's a little bit, number one, it's a little bit, it's just, like disingenuous. Um, but on a different note, I think that it doesn't help you with your process, right? Like you can't go from saying like, well, I'm going to just follow like everything Joe does, everything, um, you know, like everything Brandon does, everything, everything, everything like Jim does or whatever. And it's like, I'm just going to follow these guys blindly, but I'm going to kind of like say that they're mine because we all bet differently. Like we all have different thought processes. We all have different edges. And the problem is it's like, if I go cold or something like that, uh, then it's like, I have to recalibrate, but like, you don't know what, like what I'm doing to recalibrate. So I think that that's like one of the things that I would notice. Um, the other thing with it. And like, I don't really care about it this either is that I think that if people are all on the same line sometimes I think it's because like we're all like we're all like making sharp plays like we're we made the right bet like we're picking the right spots and a lot of people that have good process should end up on the same spots in a lot of the same circumstances sometimes it makes me nervous because I'm like am I missing something like are we missing something overall with this spot that we're all on it um and I think that's a question to ask yourself sometimes it's like all right well like if Joe's on it Brian's on it monotones on it like is that a good like it's probably good like I think it would be good but they're also just you can always say like well like is it so popular like is it so chalky like is there like a reason why it's this chalky in this spot um so those are just a couple of things I think you can keep in mind but I don't really mind like and it doesn't bother me in the least bit if multiple people are on the same play uh I think it's it's nice like if I put something in I'm like oh wow like all these people are on it like that's cool Uh, it's, it's, or or like vice versa, if I put it in early and then I see a bunch of other people kind of come in on it afterwards, I think it's also great. Cause it's like, all right, cool. Like we're all, we all kind of had the same process or we all kind of came to the same conclusion with a different process, which I think is fascinating, which I think is really interesting. Uh, so that's just a little bit of an aside on that. Um, but nothing crazy, nothing really crazy. Um, the one thing that I will talk about from a prop perspective, uh, right now is one prop that I obviously really like is I love betting turnovers um, and I love betting on rebounds. Uh, I think that with those two props in particular, two of the things that are most important right now are you obviously need to continue to look at pace and you need to look at rebound chances, rebound opportunities, and you need to look at how opponents like how many how opponents kind of limit or create those opportunities, uh, whether it's either steals uh, for turnovers or you know if the pace is high, and those are all things that can impact the number. Um, and if there's maybe going to be like an increased role or an increased usage situation, uh, one of the ways you can look up how players do like with and without other people. Is you can go on NBA uh, advanced stats. I think it's a little bit tough to navigate uh, for people that aren't comfortable using their their f- platform. Um, but you could just hop on like StatMuse and just say like uh, you know how does this player like with and without uh, or like this whole team like with and without. Um, but I think that's one option you can use. I think props.cash is also like, obviously like the best and the easiest one to use. Uh, you know, you can go in there, you can say like, how does this player play with this player? How does this player play without this player? And not track it by that. One of the things though, that I think is super notable and it's very difficult to determine, uh, without kind of going into some of the advanced data is how pace changes with and without a particular player. And that's something you can pull from like NBA.com. And when you go on there, you can, you have to go into like tracking and like the team data, but you can find like what a team's pace is with a player and without a player. And that can change the like the prospects for the rest of the team as a whole. So like when you look at a guy like De'Aaron Fox, the Kings play dramatically faster with Fox in the lineup than without him in the lineup. So give when you take that into consideration, there might be like increased usage and an increased role for particular players, like a guy like Kevin Herter or a guy like Davion Mitchell or a guy like Devonta Samotis. But if they're playing in a re- in a weaker offense and in a slower paced team, then it is going to change the nexus and like it's going to change just how many like new opportunities these guys are actually going to have because it's like, are they going to be high value opportunities without your point guard and De'Aaron Fox? And then are you going to have fewer opportunities because you're actually just playing at a slower pace uh, than, you know, than you had been playing with previously. So uh, those are all a couple of things to consider. One player that's like that is Lamella Ball, who is going to be out, I would imagine for the next couple, maybe the next couple of weeks with the sprained ankle that he's going to have, uh, that he had, that he suffered the other day. And it's going to create opportunities for guys like Brandon Miller, James Buchnight, uh, miles bridges. But the quality of the offense is probably going to deteriorate to a certain degree. Uh, they still have Dennis Smith junior. So like, he's going to have some opportunity there, but when you look at the Hornets overall, They were already 26th in adjusted net rating, 24th in offense, 27th in defense, and they play at the sixth fastest pace in the league. So I think that it's possible that they slow down a bit though, because they're playing at the fourth fastest uh, in terms of offensive possession length, whereas they're at the 21st for defensive possession length. So without LaMelo, I think that the Hornets might start playing a bit slower And if they play a bit slower, even though there's more opportunity, it's going to negatively impact the quality of possessions that those guys are going to have on the offensive end without that type of engine that's LaMelo ball. And they're going to have fewer possessions to kind of take advantage of those open opportunities because they're going to be playing, in my estimation, a little bit slower without LaMelo as well. So those are just a couple things to think about as you know the week kind of wraps up. We have a shorter week this week, and you know we'll kind of come back to you with some best bets on Monday. Uh, but you know just to recap some of the spots, my absolute favorite play is the Denver Nuggets minus three and a half against the Houston Rockets. I'll probably be looking at some Joel Embiid points as well uh, against the um, against the New Orleans Pelicans. So that's kind of where we are here, and uh, I do like the Phoenix Suns. Additionally, against the Toronto Raptors, but producer Corey, how are you doing today?
1: I'm I'm sleepy, Joe. Dude,
0: I don't blame you. You got like a tree and everything today, huh?
1: I'm exhausted. I'm covered in sap. Um, holly jolly though. How? Uh,
0: what kind of tree did you get?
1: Um, we ended up with a Douglas fir, I believe.
0: Oh, that's a nice tree. Good tree.
1: Yeah. Do you have to cut it?
0: Do you have to cut it down yourself? Fuck no. Oh. Who did it? They bring a Not even the boonies like you, dude. Dude, I had to cut my own.
1: Yeah, nah. Then I broke out. I had had an
0: allergic reaction.
1: (laughs) I'm actually just realizing that, like, I was scratching my arm here, and I'm feeling some raised skin, and I'm pretty sure I'm breaking out in hives right now. Yeah, I had... That's fine. We'll take some Benadryl before bed. That's okay. We can fix that.
0: My hands, like, had, like, all these, like, little red spots all over them and stuff. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I love the outdoors, but goddamn, I was not built for it. No. It's uh, it's a rough time out there for everybody. Um, Mm. How ready are you for the Christmas season, Corey?
1: Uh, I bought a single gift so far, and it has... It has just made everything else seem so daunting like oh my God, that was
0: one person. I know I'm fucked I gotta buy some more stuff honestly um, I'm so screwed. It I also should have
1: been buying things months
0: ago or at least on Cyber Monday. There aren't even that many good deals no there there really aren't I'm not even kidding like I feel like the deals are like fake deals too like did you see those videos?
1: Yeah, they're fucked. Like it's it's not like we had like a Black Friday in the early two thousands was like crazy. The movie The Purge, it was awesome. Yeah, like it was actually worth like going out or hurting another human being because you were getting that much of a discount. Yeah. Now every fucking TV, regardless of size, is like under five hundred bucks. Like who cares? Yeah. Like I
0: just got I got a seventy five inch TV. And it is you know, number one. It's enormous. Number two, it's fucking electric. Attaboy. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> like you can like, like everything. The wall looks crazy. It's, it's it's absolutely insane. But like the TV, just not that expensive and like i don't understand i'm not nuanced yeah. enough to understand the difference between all of the types of led at this point um oh god i tried keeping up and it's fucking useless to me i was like dude like what like what are we talking about cuz i remember like somebody in my i
1: have i have a bare minimum threshold like as long as it's not below my shitty webcam i'll
0: be okay yeah well i was like 1080p is fine for me and the thing <laughs> is t- 1080p funny. is like a dinosaur at this point like it's just like I know. Like, so 8K, 4k i don't give i, I can't don't care. i can't keep up and that was the thing like when we were picking out the tv i was like how bad could it be like people were like in my replies they were like well uh they're like is this one good like i'm not sure about the refresh rate on this or that i was like yo i still remember like being a kid like watching shit play. on that little like nine inch tv like yeah it's fine
1: yeah, your your gaming isn't what it used to be, so I don't imagine your refresh rate's that fucking important to you. No, it's like not um, important at all. I was like QLED, OLED. All I know is that like I'm never probably gonna buy Log. What is it? Not Logitech. LG. They're like the most expensive.
0: Yeah, LG is really expensive for whatever. That's all reason. I know. I got a high sense. I think Even it's like fine. Samsung's right behind them. Yeah, I think it's fine. Like, yeah. I was I was a Vizio those guy. Those Roku I TVs. I, I gave a
1: test drive on one of those. Yeah. Perfect. It's
0: awesome. No like, problem. They're they're telling yeah. you to like set up the different HDMI ports. I'm like I don't need any anymore. I just don't need them at all. It's awesome. It's the best. Grow up and plug it in, you fucking losers. Exactly.
1: Um. So. So yeah, I'm not looking forward to more Christmas shopping.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe get somebody a TV. <laughs> I, I, I literally have to. <laughs> that's uh, uh, that's a thing I have to do. It's just another. It's just another drop in the bucket. But, uh, Corey, what do you got for us? What do you have for our recommendation this week?
1: Uh, my recommendation was to start your holiday shopping now before you really, like, just compound the pain. Fair. And have to do it three weeks out from the big day. Oh, That's man. only one paycheck for those three weeks. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Start now. Yeah. Do a little bit, even like I did. It sucked, but I did a little bit. I did something.
0: Yeah, like you gotta um, do, you gotta do some yeah. a little bit in advance. I I try to yeah, do that.
1: I'm also gonna recommend movers. Oh, you you had them right? Uh, yeah, I'm fucking washed up, dude. Dude, it's none of my friends want to move my stuff for a free pizza. No, dude, and I don't blame them.
0: No, you you can't do it anymore. I had Tay help me move uh, when I moved from like one apartment to the other because it was like in the same complex. Never, just literally never again. It yeah, was awful. Was a, it was awful. What a logistical nightmare that must have been. Just absolutely horrendous. Like, it's just not worth it. Like How just, much would
1: it have been to get movers?
0: Not even that much. It was like, I think like 700 bucks, maybe. I'm
1: sure they would have been like, uh, yeah, because it's so short, you have to hit a bare minimum of this much. Dude, it wasn't even. So like, <laughs> they could probably do it in two hours, but you probably got to pay for four. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. They I were like, you to, have to pay. Like, some shit like that.
0: Yeah. They were like, you have to pay for our travel time. I was like, what travel time? I was like, we're going from like one building to the next. And they said, well, no, like our travel time, like (laughs) for us to get there. Shut the fuck up. I swear to God. I was like, what the? I was like, you were down the street. That's stupid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, people tried. Like, I was getting quotes and people were trying to pull that shit. And then I found some place that was like really close by. And uh, I think the owner like knows my uncle or something. Classic. Those guys, like, they gave me the receipt before they left. They were like, yeah, alright, we went till about, eh, we'll call it just one extra hour. Here you go. And I was like, oh, thank God.
0: Yeah, you're like, alright, this yeah, is they good. They weren't charging me. They weren't,
1: like, waiting to get back to, like, the fucking warehouse to put the truck back. No, like, they wanted to and go. And me for that time. They wanted to go. No, they, they were like, hey, it's only 4 o'clock. Like, we're getting out an hour early today. This is fun.
0: It's awesome. Absolutely electric. Uh, yeah, don't
1: move shit by your own if you can afford it. Fuck yeah,
0: it. don't do it. Don't do it. Um i am you know, gonna re- can't save up and then use it that's also true like you just you just don't want to do it yourself i am gonna recommend chicken milanese um i had it the other day and i love it like it's it's like you it's like fake healthy salad like it's fake healthy because like they put like the arugula on top you know and like it, maybe like, a little bit of bruschette on it and um it's literally just the thinnest chicken cutlet you could possibly ever have. And like the thinner the cutlet, the better, you know, like it's just, it's the best. You I have something? a controversial take here. On what?
1: I like a juicy cutlet.
0: Do you? Yeah. I don't mind. Sue I, me. My concern, I think, okay, let's put it this way. I, I think it's much more difficult to get a thick, juicy cutlet. Than a thin cutlet.
1: Also, your your intentions with that cutlet will matter. Yeah. Sandwich? Yes, obviously thin. Yes. Off the sandwich, like, if there's a chicken cutlet on a plate, I want a nice boy. Like... Not like a full... Like a full breast. I would say you Maybe butterfly at that once, shit, pound right? It
0: a little. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was say you can't like. Yeah, just, bro. I'm
1: good. I'm, you know, I'm I'm
0: fucking I'm nice with the knife. Having the full breast is crazy. Like I was say, like you can't like imagine just like cook, cooking that and just like slapping it on a plate. Nah. No way. No way.
1: <laughs> but I had There's no way you cook that thing all the way through and like don't fucking torch the whole thing.
0: Are you uh? <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to say, are you a, like, a like you have to cut the chicken to make sure that it's cooked type of guy? Or do you just know when it's oh, I cooked? I always look. Yeah, I, I almost always look. You have salmonella one time.
1: Oh, no, no. While I'm cooking it, I, I'm good. I know. Okay. I'm... Fair. I spent a lot of time in a tiny kitchen.
0: All right, yeah, that's reasonable. Um,
1: but when I, when I receive... When I receive the chicken, oh, right from down, someone the, middle. Else, right down the middle. Right down the middle. Right down away. the middle. I guess right that's away. that's one of the yep. problems with like I'm not cutting a nibble off the side. You're right down the center. What's
0: going on in there? Yeah, like I need to know in the middle right now. Um, but I did have a nice chicken. Milanaise. I salmonella phobia. I've never had salmonella. Uh, so <laughs> I'm definitely not Me either.
1: I've just seen it and I'm like, wow, that's, that looks awful.
0: I'm definitely not trying to I get definitely salmonella. Don't want that. <laughs> it sounds pretty shitty. It looks
1: terrible. <laughs> definitely don't want that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like wouldn't recommend, would not recommend salmonella. Um, but no, so I had that. I, I enjoyed the chicken milanese and, um, what? the other thing that I was gonna recommend is I was gonna recommend um pie. Like fruit pie. Hell yeah, dog. Like Jenna made a blueberry pie the other day. It's fucking electric. You, the bet but the thing is what I like about her fruit pies are they're like they don't run. Like you know like when you get a hot pie, like a fr- like a fruit pie and like the, yeah. the liquid runs. I hate that. I hate it, and then and then the crust just collapses in on itself. It's the worst. Yeah, you gotta get yourself like a chew th- watery. It's gotta be like a thick pie, like thick with multiple C's. Is that still a thing? Do the kids still mm. say that? Um, but that's the kind of pie that you. got The kids have. are gonna
1: have a field day with what you're saying right now. <laughs> are they? <laughs> it's just been line after line after line. But keep going. <laughs>
0: somebody quote Keep this going.
1: Uh, hit us up on twitter kids
0: yeah let us know let us know translate this part for us um <laughs> clip your favorite part hey we do have an llc now so if anybody wants to be an intern hit us up uh we could we could definitely use an intern yeah i'll make you these. do my job and just fuck off yeah it'd be awesome uh, you can make tiktoks for us <laughs> so but anyway I the point yeah, of this yeah. was
1: you got to get an intern who can compete with my account, okay? Yeah. Fair. <laughs> that's the, that's going to be the litmus test. If you can pass like what I've done on on TikTok while only fucking with it while either stoned or taking a shit or both.
0: Or both, yeah. You could be our intern. Corey, Cory you should recommend you should recommend this page.
1: <laughs> it's pretty under wraps. No one knows it's me except for like a select few people. <laughs>
0: How many followers does that one have? Maybe one day I'll
1: reveal it. Maybe on Christmas. You know what? Our our Christmas episode. I'll reveal my TikTok account.
0: Okay, it'll be perfect. It'll be it'll be some content for everybody. A
1: while. Let's take a look. I have only thirty five hundred followers, but the views. Who follows?
0: Got millions of views. That's that. that well, that's the thing now. Like nobody follows. Everybody just views. So uh, with that, I don't though, follow anybody. I don't. I I don't follow anybody on TikTok. No. Uh, <laughs> I I know. I follow Meat Dad. It seems. It seems
1: like I'm. I'm like. Uh, it seems like I'm spilling the beans on something. So I just don't follow anybody.
0: Yeah, I'm like. I don't want to do that. I, it's unnecessary. Damn. Um, but it's wh- weird a couple things you guys can follow and should follow, obviously follow us on all of our platforms that we have, you know, whether it's Spotify, Apple, whatever. Um, Also, you need to follow us on the YouTube channel. So so you guys might've been watching us this whole time, but make sure you follow us, subscribe. Uh, It's the new channel. Uh, You get to see us. We can, this is actually one of the pieces of merch that we've been working on. Uh, we got like you know the pocket tee with like the Cash That logo on it. So like, it's not bad. It's pretty comfy. It's comfort colors. Like, I gotta order Corey another one because Jenna stole his. Um, so that that's just the way it is. <laughs> Fine, that's that's the way it is right now. But um, I can not do about that? If you guys think that you want these, take a look. Check it out on the YouTube channel. Um, let us know, and like we'll see if we can get a store up, uh, and you know, kind of start distributing them with the logo, like whether it's these shirts, maybe a hat, maybe a mug, a uh, couple little things. But we'll try to get that store set a up. Slogan
1: later. with your favorite thing that Joe's ever said.
0: Yeah, you know, cash that. So with that though, back guys, end of an ass to ass. Hey, that's the back end of the ass that would wear that. <laughs> um, but guys. <laughs> Once again, uh Sorry, it's been a while
1: since I heard that. It's one. been
0: a minute. It's been a minute. Once again though, guys, uh this podcast is brought to you by our good friends at props.cash. Make sure you sign up for that first month with the 25 for 25% off and you guys can double check and make sure that your team, you know, see how see how players are performing, you know, you can check out how their rest is, you can check out how they play on one ge- one day of rest, two days of rest or on the back end of a an ass to ass uh, and see how they perform with absolutely zero rest. So, you know, there's so many different tools, there's so many different filters, there's so many different aspects of props.cash that you can use. I highly recommend it. I think it's absolutely instrumental to your success as a better. And you need it to know how your player, how your pie is going to perform on an ass end of an ass to ass. And with that, Let's cash that. (laughs)